Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, folks. Joining us, Michael Heck, President and CEO of GNO Inc. For our GNO Inc. Hour. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, Newell. Great to visit you today. Michael, a lot on on uh, the table today. Let's jump right into it. I just wanted you to a uh, couple of comments about the New Orleans committee. You guys met a couple of times out in Lafayette over at ULL. Um, your uh, appreciation of the meeting? Well, you know, it's interesting, Newell. I've been on uh, a number of these transition committees over the years, and they never kind of you know get much attention. Uh, the the New Orleans committee, the special committee, has created. Uh, quite a stir. Um, but, I, you know, I have to say that from my experience with it um, so far, I'm actually pretty encouraged, pretty optimistic. I'm seeing a couple of things come out of this. Uh, one is I truly do believe it's recognition by the governor-elect that as New Orleans goes, so goes the state economically uh, and in terms uh, of its brand. And so I think it's explicit recognition of that, which, which is fantastic. I think the second is that uh, the governor-elect, not not to, to uh, be presumptuous, but um, he's very energized, and I think he wants to see what he can get done very quickly that will make a demonstrable impact. And so we're being tasked with not only considering what the long-term solutions are, but really uh, what can happen in the first 30, 60, 90 days that will make um, a visual uh, difference uh, in the city, in the lives of its citizens, in terms of safety, in terms of infrastructure, in terms of economic development. And so um, I'm thrilled to, to be at that table. Good. It's good to hear uh, that. I think there's been a lot of consternation that's been expressed by a lot of different folks as to what the motivations are. And, and you and I talked about this before. Uh, to say that this is a unique opportunity, and if we handle it the right way, I mean, we could hit long balls. Well, that's exactly right. Look, I was talking to somebody, Newell, the other day who, you know, I, I can safely say has very different political views than the governor-elect. And I said, how are you feeling? He said, I'm feeling great. He said, because, look, um, I need to understand what the governor wants to get done. I know what I want to get done. And where there's overlap in our Venn diagrams, that's where we need to focus and, and um, you know, and make action happen. And I'm, that's kind of the reaction I'm getting from most people. They see this um, as an opportunity. They know the math is changing up in Baton Rouge. But most people um, are, are kind of uh, taking an opportunistic approach to it. And I, and I got to tell you that, honestly, I've gotten nothing uh, from anybody that's involved um, in the effort that would indicate that it's being done cynically. I think it's being done to demonstrate that there's a different and better way to drive change. Absolutely. 
Let's talk about a pressing issue, although in a most recent UNO poll, I was surprised that this issue wasn't like top of mind for everybody, insurance. Yeah, so what did, what did the poll say? What was number one, like the Saints running game, if it wasn't insurance? <laughs> because I have a solution for insurance. <laughs> well, maybe we ought to pivot you over to the Saints running game. <laughs> no, let's. Let's talk about insurance. I'm I'm actually more qualified to talk about <laughs> about that. So look, there there are a few things that are going on. Uh, the first is that uh, we're beginning to see some impact of the incentive program that Commissioner Donald had put in place. I think uh, you're seeing rates stabilize for citizens, the insurer of last resort. Uh, I think it's only going to go up four percent next year. It went up sixty four percent the year before that. So that's a welcome respite. And I think more importantly, you're seeing the uh, number of people on citizens about uh, starting to go down. I think it's gone down about 6,000 people. And the estimates are that another 23,000 were saved by this program uh, who would have gone on to citizens if new companies hadn't come in. Uh, Beyond that, there are programs that are being pushed, like the Fortified Roost program that can help individuals bring their rates down. And then in a couple of weeks, I'm really excited. I'm going on a trip over to London along with uh, the incoming commissioner, Tim Temple. And we're bringing people like Senator Kirk Talbot with us. And we're going to be meeting with the reinsurance underwriters, folks like Gallagher and Swiss Re and Lloyd's, and talking to them about how we can stabilize the reinsurance market because fundamentally that's where the problem is. There's been so many big disasters around the globe that reinsurance rates went up 35% in the first half of 2023. And of course, the reinsurance rates get passed through to the insurance companies. And so we're talking about, um, yeah, at one extreme, just saying, okay, things are going to calm down and we can just wait until inflation call, you know, comes back down and we have fewer disasters. But at the other extreme, we're considering whether we're in a new weather regime and we might need to consider something like national legislation uh, which we would model on the uh, on TRIA, which we did after 9-11 to um, ensure big buildings against terrorism, to create a national program to put a, a backstop for the reinsurers so they can come into places like Texas, Louisiana, and Florida and uh, write affordable policies. So everything's on the table, and I'm glad that we're addressing this at everything from the individual responsibility level up into uh, national potential legislation. Michael, how much communication has actually gone on with uh, fellow Gulf Coast states? Um, we have begun to have that conversation. I think we actually really need to expand it. Uh, I was talking to a counterpart at the Greater Houston Partnership recently. I have not talked to Florida recently, but definitely need to, because as you think about this potential reinsurance backstop legislation, Uh, It probably makes sense to do it more on a regional basis, maybe Texas to Florida, those five states, as opposed to doing it on a national basis. And so um, thank you. You just gave me a to-do for this afternoon. And I would add to that that I think that we should establish a a government-sponsored corridor as as opposed to dollar one insurance to, to move our commercial carriers or to move the reinsurers a little further away. And, and I think that would go a long way along with the backstop. And, and because, you know, when we're, we're paying the rates that we're paying in citizens, a lot of us, myself included, have, have gone to non-admitted carriers, which I'm always a little angst and anxiety about that, trying to, trying to save dollars. Because, I mean, the, the numbers were just staggering. And, and 
I was at the bank the other day, and they were telling me about how many people are coming in, retirees that are compelled and forced to sell their home because they can't afford the insurance. Well, yeah, that's why this is so critical. If we don't address this pretty aggressively over the next year, I think that the inevitable result is going to be a massive degradation of the real estate market in, in residences where you see people selling their homes and downgrading because they can't afford it, but also in commercial and institutions. I was talking to the president of Dillard, uh, Rochelle Ford, and Dr. Ford told me that their insurance doubled at Dillard, and you know they can't afford that um, at that mm-hmm. university, or the students can't. So this is something that, you know, I really should think should be on the top of people's minds because it has, you know, individual and then total economic uh, relevance impact potentially. Let's get, let's get to a break. When we come back, we'll we'll visit with Greg Rusevich, um, CEO of Transoceanic Development, about this most recent report and his op-ed piece, a comprehensive development plan. Uh, prepared by the Louisiana Board of International Commerce. Greg is the chairman of that uh, board. It was prepared for the Louisiana Economic, LED, Louisiana Economic Development. We'll be right back with Michael Heck and Greg Rusevich. Stay with us, folks. Welcome back, folks. We're visiting with Michael Heck, and he brings with him a special guest. Michael? Yeah, thanks, Noel. I'm thrilled to have Greg Rusevich joining us today. Um, I think many people know uh, Greg, he is uh, formerly CEO of Transoceanic Development, um, but uh, in his other roles, he's really one of the most important leaders in terms of international trade, where he's chairman of the Louisiana Board of International Commerce, uh, also economic development, where he's a past chair of GNO Inc., uh, and also public safety, where he's a leader of the Metropolitan Crime Commission that we have in the state. So uh, great to have a guy who's so dedicated to Louisiana on the show with us. Greg, welcome to the show. I was uh, read through your opinion piece that that you um, was published in NOLA.com on November 13th, just a couple of days ago, where you kind of give the uh, broad perspective and highlights of how important international trade is to the state of Louisiana. Well, it's absolutely critical, Noah, and thanks very much for having me on, and thank you for those incredibly kind words, Michael. I, uh, Newell, the first, the international trade in the state of Louisiana generates 525,000 jobs right now. <laughs> and so frequently we are focused on other sectors, which is fine, but we frequently forget from where we came. And we have this incredible natural resource in the Mississippi River. We have six class one rail lines that go through all through the heartland of America, even into Canada. And uh, we just have this great natural resource. We have an, it's an energy hub. We have everything working for us, but we seem to not have a statewide focus or have not over the decades in international trade. Now, that changed year, a few years ago where, you know, Conrad Appel and Jim Tucker passed legislation to give a single voice for Louisiana on global trade. And they formed the Office of International Commerce in LED underneath the Louisiana Board of International Commerce, which, as you mentioned, I chair. It's a statewide board appointed by the governor. 
And uh, we did a master plan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Uh, about eight years ago, we then now have recently assessed that previous plan. It was successful in the areas it focused on. And had great impact. And now we have just uh, finished our new master plan, which is calling for several factors that are absolutely critical for the growth of global trade in Louisiana. So that's really where we're focused now, uh, Newell, and trying to ensure that the that the Governor Landry, incoming you know Governor Elect Landry and his team and the legislators, all put that focus on trade that the state so uh, so vastly uh, deserves. So let's talk about some of the observations that are made. Obviously, there we need to improve. This is an, uh, we have a, an incredible foundation, and I would say is probably even beyond that. Uh, but we still have capacity to grow, right? Absolutely, and we have 3,500 companies right now that export from Louisiana. Uh, but the problem is, Newland, we have a very robust export to our trade uh, here in the state. The problem is on the import side, and we're not importing uh, sufficient amounts to generate additional export containers, which we need. So real simplistically, the Crescent City Connection, as, as we all know, the major container terminals of the Port of New Orleans are on the other side of the Crescent City Connection, upriver. And the problem is that large ships are getting larger and larger, container ships. So it used to be new where eight to 10,000 TEU ships, they can still fit under the bridge. The problem is that new ships are getting 12, 14, 16,000 TEU, which is a container capacity. They can no longer fit under the Crescent City connection, <laughs> under the River Bridge. Therefore, you must, we must go south. And so the port of New Orleans and the state of Louisiana LED and Governor Bell Edwards have spent the last four years focusing on a dynamic project in Violet, Louisiana, St. Bernard. 
and uh, it, it we have a, an opportunity to get a state of the art. There's a billion dollars in private investment that's already gone into that facility, and into the planning and into the investment side. And we're ready to go. We just need to to get get it finished. We need to get the overpass done. We need to get the uh, uh, additional some additional funding, public funding. And grant funding, and that that'll be, take a long that that'll take a that'll take a long, long step there. So, how does that uh, obviously, when you say that we suffer from the import side, right. uh, it it's purely just about the size of the ship. And and let me just, if you would, for a brief moment, uh, describe to the public because we know what happens right when the industry changes. That bridge becomes an impediment. We've seen that in Baton Rouge. Now, in Baton Rouge, it was probably by design um, that right. the bridges the bridges lower. Uh, therefore, we were able to capture a lot of uh, refineries and, and a lot of other types of businesses because they couldn't move farther north. They couldn't these ships couldn't get under the Mississippi River Bridge in Baton Rouge. So they, there's little or no development north of Baton Rouge. Right. And one of the things that affects imports, it's not just the size of the ships, okay? It's also, if you look at Mobile, Mobile has been very effective at attracting uh, import distribution facilities. So, you know, Walmart, for example, just put a major hub outside of Mobile. That drives imports because then you have major distribution facilities and major entities like Walmart, Amazon, that put major depots in, and they are then drawing thousands of containers inbound every year, and then that provides the containers to be able to ship outbound. And then also, Newell, since we don't have the population base here that can compete on an import side, right, with Texas and Florida and some others, and Savannah, what we do have is incredible reach into the heartland of America. So if you add that population base, if we put chip, more chips on the table and say we are going to dominate in trade and we're going to attract distribution facilities and we're going to put the container down in Violet, Louisiana, the container facility in Violet, Louisiana, then you start getting momentum going and you add some value-added manufacturing capability at facilities such as Avondale. And in North Louisiana, you have the specialty ports throughout the state, smaller ports that do their job. And we can really then flourish even further in global trade activities and grow jobs and revenue. Greg, um, describe for me who's more at risk. This piece of land that we're talking about developing this new container port or mobile, uh, in the event of a hurricane, because this this new container facility would be inside the hurricane protection levee. My understanding is that in Mobile, it's not. It's not protected. Is that, that right? That is that is absolutely correct. And Michael, you might want to add some to that because I know you've done work on the on the flood protection and hurricane side. But that's absolutely right, Noel. We made sure the port did that when they looked at this. It was uh, it was behind the flood wall, correct. So that that is one of the principal areas. And other people have said, "Oh, let's put it in a different area of Louisiana." That that's really sailed, no, because this has been a four year already. We're falling behind. We can, if something were to happen to stop this project, uh, I really, 
from a trade perspective, I think we just have to almost pack up and, and go away because we just would not be able to compete with other – you can't wait. We'd have another five-year delay already. It's going to be five years until the, the first containers are shipped through the, through the new port. Yeah, and Greg, Greg if I could just jump into there. I, I apologize, Noel, but this is the key point that Greg is making. People are always asking, you know, how we're competing against Houston or Savannah. And as Greg said, we're not. Houston is serving the Houston population. Savannah is serving the Atlanta population. Our only major competition is Mobile because either New Orleans or Mobile is going to serve the one-third of the middle of the country that's basically the Mississippi River Basin. They passed us in containers about two years ago. If we do not do this, we'll be ceding the one-third of America to Mobile, and really we'll be left without a catchment area to serve with our port. So we'll just have a body of water out there. <laughs> a body of water, a couple of cruise ships, and some coffee coming in. It, it, it definitely it would represent abdicating our birthright and the reason that we bought one-third of the country from Napoleon, besides that he you know, needed the money. Right. So Yeah, and Newell, we're a global you know, the thing about Louisiana too and New Orleans if if you know, we we are a uh a, a, a globally focused state, a globally focused region and uh that ties into trade, it ties into foreign direct investment companies investing in Louisiana. By the way, one uh thing that's not known enough, we have the highest uh, capex in terms of foreign direct investment into our state of any state in the U.S. We're right at the top. I mean, and that's coming from Taiwan. It's coming from Japan. It's coming from Korea. It's coming from the U.K. It's coming from Canada. So all of those investments in Louisiana in facilities and manufacturing and in petrochemicals and in renewables, all of those all build Louisiana as a global, having a global reach, and very important for us to have, and that ties to trade, and even ties to hospitality, you know, the British air flight uh, coming in, all of, all that whole global connectivity, it's absolutely critical that we we focus on our global uh, reach, and that connects to exports, and connects to trade, and connects to a global community. When we come back, let's take a break here, when we come back after the break, uh, we have a lot of different component ports uh, you know that are out floating around and and i'm just curious your thoughts as it relates to synergy how this works whether or not we're really getting the force multiplier that that we should have or not we're visiting with michael heck president and ceo of gno inc greg rusevich uh who uh, is uh, the chairman of the louisiana board of international commerce we're talking about their comprehensive development plan we will be right back folks stay with us you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back, folks. We're visiting with Michael Heck, president and CEO of GNO Inc., and Greg Rusevich, who is the chairman of the Louisiana Board of International Commerce. They've developed a comprehensive development plan. I was looking through a number of the goals, the strategies, and otherwise, and I'll just ask the question, Greg, this way. Um, it, we have a lot of ports, boards, commissions uh, throughout the state of Louisiana. Is there a lot of synergy amongst these groups? <laughs> Well, we can certainly do better, Newell. Uh, we uh, do need to do a better job of uh, communicating more, uh, meeting more uh, amongst those ports, but really having a more organized structure. And I'm not calling, I'm not, you know, suggesting one board or anything of that sort. We've looked at that. The state has in the past. It hasn't been able to be accomplished and uh, But there's ways to collaborate better. Now, I'll give you an example. Right now, we have a situation where, Lebec, you've, you've got the comprehensive plan. You've seen the plan. And recently, you know, the state has had more focus. The legislators, several legislators have had more focus on the global side, which is really good, and on the port side. And there were several pieces, a couple of pieces of legislation that were passed in the, in the last session that focused on ports, and the one was, you know, establishing a port coordinator to over to, to work with those various ports to improve collaboration, and all that's really good. But you know, now we've got so we have the Louisiana Board of International Commerce, which has been established for a decade and statewide and set in legislative statute, and we meet regularly. And now you've got two new groups that are coming on board and. It's just really important for all of this to be aligned. We've seen too often, Newell, that you get new boards formed and new new uh, bureaucracies established, and they don't communicate with the ones that are already established, and, you know, here we go again. So it's really important going forward that there be increased collaboration increased communication and that we don't cannibalize each other because sometimes what we see too is we have our own courts competing with one another which is something you really don't want really happens rarely in texas or florida and south carolina our major competitors right now and you just can't have that you have to be speaking with one voice now I'll close with this on that one new you know i've traveled around the world and i've been in Japan before on behalf of the Port of New Orleans. I've walked in and handed my business card, you know, Board of Director, Board of Commissioner, Port of New Orleans. And the Japanese uh, leader that was, uh, you know, meeting with us, he kept studying the card, it, and they frequently do that. But then I was asking, well, why so long in study? said, oh, I just had other port here last week from Louisiana, and I don't understand who you're offering uh, uh, shipments, and they were offering, you know, uh, shipments. Who, who do I work with? So we just got to do better. It's confusing to the global market to have all these, all the ports not having, you know, a, a planned uh, synergy. And it's also confusing even to get c- congressional uh, support 
you know, because you're not speaking with one voice. So we need to speak with one voice, and we'll do a better job of that. I mean, you don't get the benefit of the force multiplier. We have a lot of infrastructure throughout all of these ports, right? Um, well, that... what we really don't get, you're absolutely right. You don't get the force multiplier, but you also know what you don't get. Each port has its own kind of unique capabilities. Some are bulk-oriented, right, that mm-hmm. do grain right. and uh, wheat and foodstuffs, and others are, you know, in agricultural uh, ports. Others are oil and gas-centric, you know, like Fushan. Others, like the uh, what we're trying to establish in Violet, the Port of New Orleans, is very focused on containers uh, and as well as break bulk, you know, steel and things of that sort, metals. Uh, and uh, then you have your ports that, could do, that can do value-added manufacturing. So everyone basically needs to stay in their lane and dominate their lane. And then you put all that together, and that's how you offer to the world. Uh, you know, you're, you're offering one overall system. So we've got to do a lot better than that, and we can never have a situation where we're competing with uh, one another on containers or break bulk or something like that. It's just not a healthy situation. I mean, uh, you just have to to speak with one voice, and everybody needs to stay in their sort of specialty lanes. So I, I, I would imagine then that we're competing for the limited state asset, resource, money for strategic investment to them right exactly so yeah you're then competing and we need a better process of to to prioritize from a uh you know from a financial perspective an roi perspective to prioritize which port projects to put the funds into because everyone is seeking additional funds which is broadly distributed through a port prioritization project uh, plan at the state level. Uh, But, you know, it's divvied up, which is fine. But for major project developments, you need to have the state where they can all come together and say, that's the one we need to put the significant money in because it gives the best ROI. It grows the state uh, primarily. It, It gives the right resources to grow jobs, grow revenue, rather than just spreading out all over the place. And then you don't get the bank for your buck. So we need Greg, to, if we I could just add, add one thing to that, Newell, yeah. I, I apologize. It, it's, it's not only about allocation, as Greg is saying. It's also about absolute amount. Uh, Alabama, in a typical year, puts more money into the port of Mobile than Louisiana spreads across the entire state through the port priority program. So it's about efficient allocation, but we also need to probably double the amount that we're investing in absolute terms. Thank you, Michael. Exactly right. And then we also knew, just to add to that, speaking of single voice, if we galvanize behind a particular project as a state and go to Congress, then we have a better chance to secure federal funds as well. If if we're all together on which project to support the state is, rather than getting 10 letters of support from 10 different ports, you know, you're getting one one uh, area of support. But we need more funding, and we need a better allocation of funding, better prioritization of projects. It almost seems to me that we've fallen prey to uh, the number of waterways we have, the, the number of port facilities that we have, and we're viewing it as a burden as opposed to, to treating it as an advantage. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and the other issue that that kind of rises to the forefront for me 
is who's actually evaluating what sector has the most competition and where are we most likely to lose business to? Because it would seem to me that if we're going to make strategic investment, that's where we would be investing, right? Um, and not invest in other areas as heavily where there is no competition um, and there's no capacity for ports to really uh, hurt us because we're in a competition business. And I think a lot of times we forget that we're in a competition business. Right. And we're in a competition business with other states and other ports, sure. which is why we really need, with the new pieces of legislation that were passed, it's absolutely incumbent uh, that they uh, you know, direct. I'm already appointing. I'm in the process now of appointing a, a committee, a subcommittee of our board to be meeting with the new uh, heads of those new pieces of legislation, those port pieces, so that we can come together and have one plan. We can take our international commerce plan that we have and foreign direct investment plan and align that with the port plan and say, okay, this is where we need to have the focus. Let's go. So we're working on trying to build that collaboration and synergy. But the good news is, Newell, we've seen the problem. You know, we know yeah. there's a recognition now statewide that there's a problem. And so now this is the time to fix it. We all recognize the issue. We recognize the problem. We have pieces of legislation now that can address the problem. And now it's just really it's a matter of just collaborating and then aligning and then actioning. And that's where we're yeah. focused right now going forward. For sure. Michael, final thoughts? I think Greg just got to a key part of this is that a couple of years ago, we weren't even talking about the ports or the river or international trade. Uh, it was we're just taking them for granted um, as our birthright. The fact now that we are talking about them, that LABIC has created a master plan, that there are legislators who are leading this, that it's a top priority of the governor-elect, indicates that there's been a paradigm shift and a recognition that uh, we, we, we have a problem, but we also have an enormous opportunity. And so that, to me, is incredibly exciting. And I give a lot of credit to all the leaders, going back to Senator Appel, who really raised the alarm and got us um, refocused back on the fundamentals about why Seward Benville decided to locate here 300 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, um, opportunities don't always reveal themselves, don't always present themselves. And if you're not in a position to be able to exploit that opportunity, uh, it's hard to recover from opportunity loss. I, and you two guys know better than anyone, right? Oh, we, we've suffered a lot of loss. So, yeah, we have a lot of experience there, Noel. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then this is one new That's one not what I was implying, Michael, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, at, at least on on Greg's part. I don't know about you, but. <laughs> right. Uh, thank you for that, Bill. Thank you for that. Well, you know, this is one where we have the infrastructure and the resources, the natural resources, the infrastructure, the, the current, uh, you know, the current platform. And it's a it's a great opportunity that we can really grow with. So uh, they, we don't. It's a foundational industry that we can build on. So uh, it's a good opportunity. And believe me, we'll we'll stay on it. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. We truly appreciate your time, your insight on this on this topic. Keep up the great work on looking out for the best interests of the state of Louisiana as well. 
We will be right back, folks. Stay with us, 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. This is Newell on WWL. Welcome back, folks. We are so blessed with so many natural resources. When you think about the Gulf of Mexico, the Mississippi River, Port Fouchon, Intercoastal Waterway, um, the ports in Lake Charles, and uh, everything up and down uh, north and south along the Mississippi Waterway as well. Um, it's just uh, a shame that we uh, don't maximize it and we don't take advantage of all that we have. We've done a great job so far. There's so many positive things that, that have happened, and you heard Greg Rusevich and Michael Heck point those out. But there's yet more to do. And these are unique opportunities that not everybody in the country can avail themselves of because they don't have the natural resources that we have here. And that's why it's important that collectively and collaboratively together we figure out how we're going to go about doing this in order to get the greatest return on our investment to maximize that natural resource, all of the infrastructure that we have developed over um, decades, and gain that force multiplier as we compete against other ports and states for that international trade import export uh, and and everything else that goes along with it when you think about the number of jobs one in five jobs in this state are related to these ports that's pretty incredible when you think about it so we need to focus on that for sure and hopefully the incoming administration and it sounds like they are focused on that so that'll be a good thing and hopefully we can get some things done that container port down in violet would be huge for the future of southeast louisiana and the state of louisiana when we come back after the top of the news break we'll visit with rafael goyanechi president of the metropolitan crime commission stay with us this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 